A wonderful good morning to everyone. It's good to be home. Last week we were uh, in the north, in Luapula province in Mansa, and we had a wonderful time there uh, in the ministry of the Lord. But it's good to be home again. Well, today I want to speak to you about uh, a very important subject, and I have uh, entitled it, At His Table in the Presence of My Enemies at his table in the presence of my enemies. Let me just read a few verses, and I'm sure uh, we will be able to understand what this really is all about. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even so, I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. The Bible reads, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, when a man with him are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this wonderful time that we can be able to be in your presence, to learn from you, to come to your table. Lord Jesus, we want to understand in a deeper way what you are preparing for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your kindness, for your love that is new every single morning over every single one of us. And we want to give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure whether you have been wondering at one time or the other why God uh, or God's word is saying you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why do the enemies need to be there when you are at the table of the Lord? And what is their role? Are they still fighting? Are they still uh, giving you uh, push, pushes and sh sh you know, uh, difficulties? Or what is the reason why the enemies are there 
at the table of the Lord. So I want to take a bit of time today to explore that, okay? Because everything that God's word tells us has got a deeper meaning and it's important for us to understand the meaning that God is giving to us today. Now, first of all, when we gather at the Father's table, we gather for a celebration of joy. And today we are going to celebrate Holy Communion uh, this is just a representation of the real table that is awaiting us in the, in the very presence of God. Okay, today we are celebrating, we, are, we remember the, uh, the cup and the bread, and we are so grateful because we remember that God has given his own son the very best that he had and uh, gave us salvation through him. So we are privileged to come to the Father's table time and time again. And today, there is such a time when we are going to gather at the table of the Lord. Now, we must realize that we are created to gather around the table of the Lord as the, uh, as the family of the Lord. That was the, the deeper reason why God created us in the first place. Around him and, and you know, Today, I can assure you there is joy in heaven when we come together and when we partake of the table of the Lord. You know, so it is still by faith because we have not yet fully arrived, but we are still, or we are already partaking of that which God has prepared for us. We know that the Bible tells us in his presence there is goodness, there is the fullness of joy, and that is true not only when we finally arrive there in the sweet by and by, but it's true even here and today. And we should be able to enjoy the presence of God as we are partaking of the table of the Lord today. When we are coming to the table, we are reminded that Christ defeated our foes. Okay? And, and this is important. And that's why, you know, there's this scripture which says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, today, the enemy of sin, the enemy of darkness, the enemy of slavery, the enemy of uh, Satan's uh, imprisonment is no longer a reality for those who are in Christ Jesus. And today, you know, they will have to look on as we are coming to the table of the Lord, as we are able to uh, enjoy the, the, the goodness of the Lord as we rejoice in his presence and the enemies, you know, that once were having a sway upon our life have got no more say. So, you know, we must understand when God, then that is a, a, a celebration of victory because we are looking at the enemies and we see them powerless. And I think it's important that we learn to see the enemy powerless. You know, he hasn't got the power anymore that he used to have. He cannot keep us at bay. He cannot keep us in prison anymore because Christ has brought us salvation. Christ has delivered us from all of that. So at his table, enemies are now no longer, you know, triumphing in, in, in what they were doing in the past but they, were, they are now powerless and stripped of their capacity to hinder us to do what God has called us to do. 
At this table, we also are learning what the mandate has been that the enemies were given. You know, maybe you, 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 you uh, never thought about that, but let me make you understand, enemies are not just enemies, okay? To God, enemies are servants, okay? So in other words, when God wants to accomplish something, he will use anything and anyone in order to accomplish that. Okay, in the book of uh, Hebrews, we read in verse uh, 13 of chapter 1, To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? That's the question. And of course the answer is, yes, of course. All the angel worlds has been created for the purpose to serve us who are living in this world today, who are here today. And these are not only the good angels, but even the bad ones, okay? Even the ones which were fallen, they are still ministering spirits. And they have to do what God has, you know, charged them to do. Not just do things on his own anyhow. Even the devil can only move within the mandate that God has allowed him to have. And so all the angels that God sends us to help us have been given a mandate in order to uh, help us to overcome. They're, they're ministering to those who inherit salvation. But even the, the, the evil spirits who may cause you harm, who may cause you trouble, they also have a purpose to play in your life. And I will come to that. I will show you why. So when we come to the table, we are understanding now. And that's why God has gathered them around his table and says, okay, can you see this enemy? This enemy was responsible for, for some of the negative things that you, are, that you have been stuck in to be cut off. Okay? Can you see this enemy? This enemy has been grinding you and polishing you. Okay, this enemy has been assigned to uh, get you out of your uh, selfish wills and selfish deeds. And so, you know, all these enemies that God has uh, assembled there, he will show us that each one of these enemies that you think he was an enemy actually will be shown to be a servant of God. Okay, are you with me? Okay, I know this is hard. Okay, this is hard because, you know, you are, you are lashing out against some of the enemies. You are so annoyed. You know, you are, you are, you are, you are, you, if you could, you would. Okay? But then, you know, there are limits that we can do. But then God says that all our enemies are in his service. That's amazing, isn't it? All the enemies that we have ever faced and that we will ever face are in the service of God. You know, in, if you read the Old Testament, you will sometimes get shocked how God is uh, telling the people of Israel, for instance, if you read Psalm 76, uh, you will be shocked to see how God is saying, 
you know, if you go astray, I will send you the enemies of the Philistines in order to from the right, and I will allow them to, to trouble you until you come back to your senses again. So in other words, God has not just put us on a journey and say, okay, walk whichever way you want, and then, you know, we walk astray and God just closes his eyes. No, he, he wants us to arrive at our destiny, okay? He doesn't just want us to walk anyhow. He wants us to walk in his ways, okay? He wants us to walk in the perfect ways of God. And if we don't, then God will make sure that we will be brought back. It is not very much different for those of you who are parents. You know, when, you're, when your children are going astray, you will do the best that you can do in order to bring them back, even if it's the rot, okay? If they don't want to listen, you need to help them to understand. And of course, today, the rot is not very famous anymore. People are saying we are living in a modern world, we don't need the rot, and that's why, that's why we have so many problems in our world. But the Bible says, do not spare the rot, okay? So you may, if you're a child, you look at the rot as an enemy. Am I right? Because it pains. Once the rot hits you, it pains. Okay? But to the father or the mother, it may equally pain, but it's, it's actually a servant in order to bring this child on the right path, on the right track. And all of, the, all of us, you know, because the way we have uh, walked away from God, the way we have uh, been alienated from God, all of us, from time to time, we need the roots. You know, uh, David says, your rods and your staff comfort me. He understood one thing, that the rod and the staff that are tools of discipline for a shepherd are actually also tools of comfort because they make sure that we are not going to be astray, that we are not going to be lost. Okay? And that's why uh, David could say, your staff and your rod comfort me. You know, in Scripture, we find a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, references where God says, if you give judgment. And one of the judgment that we find in the, in the Old Testament quite regularly is droughts. Okay? And, and, and the Bible says, you know, when, when droughts are coming, then call to God and, and repent. And I think it's important for us to understand and, and this is the famous scripture that we often uh, quote, if my people humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them and I will heal their land and rain will come back, okay? So in other words, God has a plan for each and every one of us and that plan is a good plan. That plan is perfect. In fact, God wants us to be masterpieces in the hands of God. But for us to be a masterpiece, a masterpiece of God, there needs to be a lot of work uh, going into that masterpiece. You know, like a sculpture. If a sculpture is preparing a, 
a statue, okay? And he just takes a, a, a rock, you know, some kind of a rock uh, that he thinks, out of that I can make something good. Of course, before the sculpture can come out, all of these unnecessary pieces of rock have to be chiseled off, have to be cut away. And that's true for our lives. You see, God is busy preparing us in a very powerful and wonderful way. But for us to become the kind of people that God wants us to be, he needs to chisel. He needs to, you know, cut off certain things. He needs to take a, a, a you know, sandpaper or, or worse and, 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 and grind certain things off. And to us, that is painful. Okay? To us, that means we don't like it. But at the end of the day, something good will come out of that. So God is a good father. And just like we human fathers or mothers are able to, uh, you know, give our children the kind of upbringing that they require, okay? Trying to put them back on the right path when they go astray, in the same way God is putting his children on the right path. Okay, that's why it's important that we do not forget about God. That's why it is important that we learn from the Lord. And, you know, the, the Bible tells us that, you know, God would love to lead us with his own eyes. Because if God can lead us with his eyes, then no, no pain whatsoever. Okay, and this is why Proverbs says, when a man's way is pleasing to the Lord, then enemies are without a job, okay? Enemies only are required when we are going astray. Are you with me? So the more enemies you are feeling in your life, the more you must realize there are some things not right in your life. Hello? Okay, the more you are, you know, hitting here and there, then you realize that you are going outside of the boundaries that God has set for you. He loves you. He means well for you. He means well for all of us. And you know, the, the, the mandate that God has for each and every one of us is that he will bring us towards our destiny perfectly. Okay? We are not supposed to arrive at the, at the final uh, destiny and then God looks at us and says, I'm sorry, no, not like that. I can't take you in. Okay? So God will make sure that we will have to go through the journey of transformation. Like the people of Israel came out of Egypt, okay? Now, it was easy for God to take the people of Egypt out, I mean, the people of Israel out of Egypt, but it was taking a lifetime to take Egypt out of their hearts, okay? The old nature was still very much lodged in every one of these people of Israel, and many of them never even made it. That is true for all of us, okay? Now, it's great to be in step. It's great to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, but we need to learn to keep in step with the Spirit. We need to learn to, uh, to agree with the Lord and his word at every junction, not push our own things or do our own things, but do what God has called us to do.
shepherds, you know, shepherds who use or take care of sheep, they cannot do the job all by themselves alone. Because sheep can be very, uh, very easily run away. And I remember when I was young, you know, I lived in the rural areas and every now and then we had shepherds coming by with hundreds of sheep. And you know, when these uh, flocks of sheep came, came along, you could actually see a big, a big uh, crowd of, of sheep uh, along the way. And you know, it was a joy to look at these sheep. But then when the shepherd was moving, he was moving with what you call shepherd dogs. Okay? Now, shepherd dogs had a job to do. Okay? These are the, 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 the famous German shepherds. But they are bringing the sheep in line. Okay? They are trained in such a way that when a sheep is, 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 is going astray, they will buck at them. They might even push them. They may even bite at them. Not very hard, but at least a bit. Okay? so that they feel the pain, so that they realize this is the wrong way. I need to get back in line. And those German shepherd dogs, they, they were surrounding these sheep, the flocks of the sheep all the time, doing the job that the shepherd, who was just one person, could not have done it. And, and you know, for the sheep who were getting in trouble with the shepherd dog, for them, the dog was an enemy, okay? The dog paint. <laughs> the dog was a nuisance. But for the shepherds, the dogs were doing a perfect, fine job. Okay? Because they were keeping the, the flock of the sheep in line. And you know, this is a very wonderful picture that shows us how God is taking care of each and every one of our lives. It's so important that we understand that. Okay? So next time you look at an enemy, just understand that the enemy that you're facing is a servant of God, okay? Is used by God to achieve something of great substance in your life, okay? So don't, don't uh, get annoyed with your enemies, but understand that God has a purpose in all of that. Now we should know that uh, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Okay, let me just read that in the book of Ephesians. We have, we have already seen that, but I want to come back to it. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. The Bible says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Okay? The devil is an enemy. The devil was able to, to bring Jesus to the cross and have him crucified there. But in doing that, the will of God was done. Okay? It was not the devil's will that was done. It was God's will that was done. Now, it was hard for Jesus it was painful, and dying is never easy. But of course, Jesus died for us. And even the devil could not hinder for the will of God to be fully 
perfected in the life of Christ. So verse 12 says, and this is important, Ephesians 6 verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So I want you to understand, you know, if somebody gives you headache, if somebody gives you trouble, if somebody you call your enemy, actually that enemy is not really your enemy. Okay, he's just being used by an enemy. Okay, because we are not fighting against flesh and blood. So don't start fighting with other people. Because you're, you're hitting the wrong person if you hit him. Okay? You see, the devil is trying to be clever, using human beings, trying to put human beings against each other, bring misunderstanding between them. And we should not allow that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that human being that you should consider as an enemy. You should consider that human being just as somebody who is uh, maybe at this moment in time gone astray. And that's why the Bible tells us that we should pray for those who, you know, are our enemies, so that we heap coals on their heads so that they can be able to repent and understand that things have gone wrong in their lives. Because God is using them for something good. Okay? So the powers of darkness that are behind a human being must say am, and you know they said no some of them they say you are a prophet some of them says you are Elijah some of them say this and the other and then Jesus asked the question who do you say that I am and then Peter said you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus you know uh, commended him he says flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven so in other words he was becoming a spokesperson for God himself. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Okay? Then Jesus now explained what it means for him to be the son of God and that he had to go to Jerusalem, that he had to suffer and he had to die. And the very same man who had that wonderful revelation from the father, okay, because Jesus told us that it was not flesh and blood, but it was the father in heaven who revealed this to him. But at this time now, Peter jumped up and he said to Jesus when he was talking about his suffering and his dying in Jerusalem, he says, this can never happen. Okay? I'll make sure it will not happen. Okay? So, of course, uh, Peter was, uh, uh, you know, he was having an opinion that he had so much power that he didn't have really. And so Jesus says, Jesus was, was speaking to the power that spoke through Peter in the sense, Satan, get behind me. Actually, he did not address Peter because Peter is not Satan. You understand? Every human being can be used by the power of God or can be used by the power of Satan. And you know, you can see in the life of Peter, it can sometimes be so close together. So don't be used by the power of darkness, but by the power of God. And so Jesus rebuked Satan. 
And he said, get behind me, Satan, get behind me. And then he told Peter, what you're talking about is not of God, but it is of, of human origin. It's coming from the flesh, okay? It is your good uh, will, you know, what, what you think is good for, for my life. That is what you are saying. But I am not walking in the good uh, ways of human thinking. I'm walking in the ways of the Lord. And in the ways of the Lord, it was necessary for Jesus to lay down his life. Okay? Jesus knew that. The disciples didn't understand that. Okay? <clears throat> but Jesus knew it. And you and me, sometimes we don't understand that for us, tough, that are hard, that are painful. Okay? But they're required. We all know about Paul who was, was crying to the, the Lord because he was going through suffering and he was uh, praying and he says, three times I've prayed that God will take away that thorn in the flesh in my life. And then the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in other words, God said, you need this in order to reach your destiny. I will make sure that you have enough grace to deal with these issues. And that is true for your life and that's true for my life. Okay, so... When you face an enemy, whatever that enemy is, don't just look at the enemy per se, okay? Maybe it's a human being, or maybe it's lack of money, it can be an enemy. Maybe it's disease, it can be an enemy. There are so many things that can be enemies. But you must understand that these enemies are defeated by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And the Bible tells us very, very clearly that all the enemies must be coming to be a footstool to the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, a footstool means, you know, that is below, isn't it? So every enemy must be subjected to the rule of Christ. And that is not only true in general, that is true in your life and in my life. You see, every enemy in your life, every enemy in my life must be subjected to the rule of Christ. And that's why we come to the table of the Lord because that's when we now realize he has done it. Okay, what I cannot do it on my own, what I cannot accomplish and achieve, he has done it, Jesus has done it. Amen? He is going to make all the enemies subject to the authority of Jesus Christ, my Lord. So we must know that God provokes us for good deeds, okay? God wants us to accomplish good things in our lives. Uh, he, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are the masterpieces of God. You know, we are this workmanship created for good foundation of the world. And now we are supposed to walk in these good works, okay? But sometimes we miss them. And so God has to push us. Okay, get, get, into, get into the right mode of operation. Get into the right line, get into the right way so that you can be able to fulfill that which God has called you into this world for. The Bible is very clear that we should not conform to the standards of the world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay? And, and sometimes we don't want to renew our minds. Sometimes we like the ways of the world. We like the patterns uh, that others are doing, you know. So very often you hear the 
argument, but everybody is doing it, so what's wrong? So if everybody is doing it, that's a pattern of the world. It's not your pattern, it's not my pattern. Okay? The patterns of Jesus are different. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Okay? Take my yoke and, you know, my burden. But my burden is light. Okay? So don't worry. Because I bring you to rest. I bring you into the place where you can fulfill the very purpose of God in your life. So all of us, all of us, without exception, are here in order to fulfill the good works that God has prepared for us even before the foundation of the world. Okay? You know, some people say, no, this is for those who are leaders in the church, for pastors and what have you. No, 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 no. it's for all of us. Because as I said so many times, we are all part of the family of God. Okay, there are no superheroes in the, in, the, in the body of Christ. Yes, there may be designations, there may be callings which are different, but we are all the children. Okay. We are all called children of God. We are all called men and women of God. Okay. I know in some circles, this is only reserved for a certain few select people. Okay? Or in some circles, people call them clergy. The Bible does not know any clergy. Okay? So please, cut it out. If you come from such a church, you know, then you know it's wrong. It's wrong and it's wrong and it will never be right. We are all kings and priests in Christ. Amen? All of us. And all of us need to walk in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we are very privileged because God is going to accomplish great things in every single one of us. And you know, the greatness of God's plan has nothing to do with the greatness of the world or the, what the world considers great. But the greatness of God has something to do with his perfect plan so that we are all, you know, fitting together at the end of the day in a wonderful way, in a perfect way. I mean, just look at our body. You know, our bodies are made up of so many different members, so many different uh, bones and organs and sinews and nerve system, you know, and yet all of it fits together perfectly well. And that's exactly how God will put us together perfectly well as the body of Christ. Okay? It doesn't mean that because your, your bone is longer than another bone, you are more important. Other bones which are very short, you know, like in the fingers or some, somewhere, you know, so does it mean uh, you don't care about the small bones? Would you, would you say, okay, as long as I have the, the long bones, I'm okay. I don't need the small ones. Would you agree with that? Of course not, because my small finger is not important. It is important, okay? If you don't have it, then you will know how important it is. Okay, or if it's, even if it's paining at one time, I remember I had one, one time where my small finger was paining for a while, 
and I had to put a bandage. And it was really a handicap. You understand? So every one of us is important. Don't consider big or small according to the patterns of the world, but understand that the way God has prepared us, the way God has made us, is so that we can fit together in a perfect harmony. And you know, this is what the body is all about. The body, you know, when it is healthy, when it is strong, it's, it's harmonious. It's working together in great harmony. And that's how we ought to work together as the body of Christ, each and every single one of us. So many times, you know, these challenges that we are facing, they make us miserable. Yet, those things are intended to make us overcome, make us come to victory, make us people who are able to subject the problems that the enemies are bringing to us. So many, many people today struggle with no need whatsoever. Just understand the love that is behind all of the things that are happening in our life is the love of God, and he has great and wonderful plans that he's going to accomplish in every one of our life if we cooperate with him. And that's so important that we learn to cooperate with the living God. All things must work out for good for those who love the Lord. I think we all know that scripture that is Romans chapter 8 verse 28, isn't it? All things. Which things? All good things? No, all things. Even the bad ones. Okay? Even the enemy things. <laughs> okay? Even the, the hardships, they must work out for good for those who love the Lord. If you love the Lord, then you know that at the end of the day, whatever happens in your life, it will have to work out something beautiful, something good in your life. You may not see it immediately, but it will come to pass. Amen? You know, if you would have asked me when I was a, uh, a young boy, you know, whether my father was doing the right kind of discipline to me and my brother, I would have said, no, 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 this is not our father. In fact, sometimes we said, maybe this is not our father. You know, he can't treat us like this. You know, this is the, the voice of, of ignorance. This is the voice of immaturity. You understand? When I grew up, then I realized that my father had good intentions. Okay? And not only did I realize that he had good intentions, I realized it had done me well. Even so, I hated very often what he did to me. You understand? But this is what God is doing. And, you know, God is not a human father who will have limitations. But God is a perfect father who has no limitations whatsoever and will work things out for our good perfectly well. So God allows the, the negatives that we may suffer at the hands of our enemies in order to achieve something good. Okay, at one time, uh, God told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house 
and watch the potter do his work. And so the potter was taking the clump of clay and put it on the wheel and he was beginning to make a, a very nice pot. And then the Bible says, and it got mud in his hands. Okay? So in other words, refresh. Okay? Do what he has chosen to do in your life. Okay? So don't, don't try to tell God what you should be or what you want to be, but ask God what he wants you to be. Okay? What he has, what kind of plans he has for, for your life. Because that is what is very uh, enriching in our lives. So God allows the potter to squeeze us into shape. Okay, if the clay could talk, then the clay would say, why are you pushing me like this? You know, because maybe you have got a vase and it's have a big, a big bottom and then it becomes very sm small on top and then it be the potter begins to push it, push it, push it, push it and says, why are you pushing me like this? It has got something to do with your purpose, okay? Because what God is getting out of that clay at that particular time uh, determines how he has to squeeze you, okay? So God may use the potter to squeeze you. He may use the chisel in the hands of a, of a sculptor in order to cut certain pieces off you. Or he may even use a hammer to destroy certain things that are not necessary in your life. Okay, and the Bible says that the word of God is like a hammer, okay, that breaks the, the unnecessary stuff into pieces. So God is busy doing his work. Even if we don't understand it, you know, that's why the Bible says the righteous will live by faith and not by sight. There are things we will never understand this side of this uh, divide of eternity. That's why we need to learn to live by faith and not by sight. Okay, trust that God will not make a mistake. Okay, many times we have said God is not fair. Why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you doing this to me? You know, because you think you know better. But God is in control, you know. He is not actually trying to squeeze you in a corner uh, against, you know, even if it does that, then it's because it will serve you better, okay? You will have a greater future if you come into line with the hands of God in your life. And that is, that is important. So let me tell you, no enemy can control the plan of God for your life. No enemy. Because even enemies, they don't know everything. You know, when... when uh, Satan went to God and he was uh, accusing Job of, uh, of, of, of uh, being a man who was just serving God because he had blessed him. You know, he had no clue that God had a very powerful plan with the life of Job. And so God gave him a mandate. He says, okay, you can do this, you can do this, but you cannot do this. And of course, it was hard. If you read the book of Job, you can see how he suffered and how even the people who came to, uh, to, to encourage him, how they suffered with him. And, and nobody had an answer. Nobody knew what was going on because it was so tough. But at the end of the day, God 
accomplished his purpose. And Job was rising to a level that he could have never occupied if God would not have done what he did. Now, if you don't understand that, I don't blame you. Because even I do not understand some of these things. Okay? We cannot understand God because, you know, if, God, if you would understand God, then God would be fitting into our brain. Eh? And God is too, too big to fit into our brain. You know, he can't. So which means be okay with the fact that there are certain things that you do not understand. You don't have to understand everything. And that's why the righteous will live by faith. That's why God commends Abraham because he was living by faith and it was accredited to him as righteousness. He didn't say, no, I can't do it because I don't understand it. Well, no one can understand God because God is in a different league. Okay? God is eternal. We are not as we have a beginning and as far as our earthly you know, uh, structure is concerned, we have, a, we have an end too. Okay? Thank God, those of us who are born again in the power of God through his grace, we have already begun to share with the life eternal from, from the Lord himself. And that's what we should. But it doesn't mean that we, now we understand. Okay, the longer you walk with God, the more you understand God. Yes, the more we, you will understand. But we will all have limits. We'll never be fully able to understand what God is doing because it's beyond us, okay? There is no one like him, okay? Like I've been saying before, you know, some people have a wrong idea that the devil is a very powerful job. And they think there's a boxing match in heaven between God and the devil. Let me tell you, that is, that is total nonsense. Do you know that the devil is just a fallen angel? He's just like somebody who has been created and has not fulfilled his purpose. Okay? He is not anything special. Yes, he's Satan, yes. He was probably a mighty angel at one time. But today, he's a fallen angel. Okay? And as a fallen angel, he is not on the level of God. He's not at par with God because he's created. And as you can see in the book of Job, Satan, like all of the servants of God, have to come and report to God. Okay? They are answerable to God. And some of us, we don't realize that we also are answerable to God. Okay? You know, we are living in a so-called very uh, modern world where people want to do what they want to do. Okay? They want to, you know, make their own, their own destiny according to their own fashion. And the reality is, you know, we were created by him, through him, and for him. So if you create something that you want to use in your house, okay, maybe you, you, make, you make a chair, 
That means you have a reason why you want this chair in your house. You want to, you create it for yourself so that you can sit on it or whatever, you know, and, and, and then it must serve you. That's true for us human beings. We are not in a, in a neutral place where we can do whatever we want. Okay? You know, there's that word today, freedom of choice. Okay? People want to have that choice. They want to, they want to be able to decide that they don't want to serve God. Yeah, they can do that. God has given them the freedom of choice. But of course, at the end of the day, we have to give an account. And it's not only us as human beings, even the angels, even the devil himself has to come and give an account. He cannot do anything that God is not giving him permission to do. Even creation... You know, creation must submit to the word of God. That's why when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and then there came this heavy, heavy storm and, and, and uh, they walked Jesus up and said to him, don't you care, we are dying. Jesus rose up and he commanded the wind and he said, be still. And that wind, that storm that was threatening to take the boat down was coming into calm waters almost immediately, you know. And they said, wow, who is this that even wind and waves obey him? Well, you know, he's the creator. He's in charge. He's the one who has got all powers. And we sometimes don't realize that, uh, you know, that God is above all things. So sometimes you are struggling with stuff that you should not struggle with. Okay? Find the recourse to the one who keeps all things in his hands. And that is our Lord God. Amen? And uh, the, the enemies are all here looking at you. Okay? They're all here looking at you. And I want you to see them in a different light today. Don't see them as something... Some enemies that can threaten you, but, but thank God for these enemies because they have shaped me. They have made me what I am. Who, I, who am I supposed to be? Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. The Bible says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time, one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. This priest is the high priest, Jesus Christ. Amen? Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstools. Amen? So Jesus is bringing one enemy after the other under subjection. Okay, there's no enemy who can do whatever they want. They all come into subjection to Christ. The only enemies that are not yet in subjection to, to Christ are the people who are saying, I want to live my own life. Okay, but they will come to the subjection of Christ one day or the other. And the Bible says, since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because of one sacrifice has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Praise God. 
those who are being made holy. So do you understand what it says? God is making you holy. God is transforming you. God is changing your life. You know, the very core of your being is going to be transformed. You are no longer that person that you used to be, you know, had got all, all ideas about your own life, trying to push your way in this direction or another direction, but you are going to be made come conforming with the plans of God, being made righteous and holy in every way. Okay? This is powerful. By one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, we are made perfect forever. Okay? And we are made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, the sins and the lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Praise the Lord. So God has a good journey for each and every one of us. Okay? It may be a journey that takes us longer than we thought, okay? When the people of Israel came out of Egypt, it was a longer journey than they were expecting it to be. But it was necessary because there are certain things that needed to be transformed in their lives. Constant transformation needed to take place. And that is true for each and every one of us as well. Let me read again from the book of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. And the Bible says here, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Okay, so, are you hearing? Your enemy is being destroyed. Okay? That he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps live by faith and not by sight. Okay? For this reason he had to be made like his, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is very encouraging. You know, we are not, we are not uh, in this world just alone by ourselves in our own strength. But we have Christ, our great high priest. He's giving us strength. He's giving us the power to overcome and by the way, he has already overcome the enemy. So all we need to do is live in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we can say that we, in all these, we, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Because, you know, he has done the job. All we need to do is walk in his footsteps. And whoever walks following the, the, the light of the world will never walk in darkness anymore. Praise God. So it will be true what God already promised the people of Israel in the Old Testament. There he told the people of Israel, okay, 
And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7, the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven directions. Wow. Okay, isn't that good? So don't fear enemies. Okay, if your enemy is, is allowed in your life, you let him just do whatever needs to be done and then let him flee. Okay? Let him flee in seven directions. So understand, today as we are coming to the table of the Lord, we are able to gather around him. We are able to see his loving and kind hand upon our lives. We see how he has given his very best. Okay? So all we need to learn is to trust and obey him. Okay? There's this song, trust and obey, for there's no other way, you know, to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And that is true, you know. Let us trust, let us obey the word of the Lord. Okay? If there are things that you don't understand, don't worry. You're not the only one. All of this world is not understanding. Look, look around how even the the very uh, learned people, the leaders of this world are completely stranded because they don't know what to do. There are too many problems. They don't know how to resolve the issues that are, that are uh, uh, plaguing our world today. But we need to see behind what our eyes, our natural eyes are seeing. We need to see that God is busy building his kingdom. You know, God is busy doing mighty and powerful things that we may not fully comprehend, that we may not fully understand, but God is doing it. So let us learn to love one another, okay? Jesus said, love your enemies, okay? I don't have time to go into it. Love your enemies, okay? Don't be like the world is who hate each other. And you know, that's how the evil is accelerating even further, but love each other, okay? So if you think somebody is hurting you, love that person who you think is hurting you. Okay? Because it's not that person who is your enemy. It's an, it's an enemy behind that person. Okay? So learn to love. And remember, Christ shamed the powers of uh, darkness publicly. In the book of Colossians, we read this powerful verse, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Okay, just like Satan was accusing Job, he is very good in accusing everybody else. You know, he has got a charge letter against you, the accuser of the brethren. Okay, but the Bible says here that Christ canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Hey, this is powerful. So the power of darkness is shamed and is defeated once and for all. 
The Bible says, soon he will deal with the last enemy, which is death. But for us, actually death is not even a threat anymore because we are having life in Christ. We are having life eternal. And as we come to the table today, you know, remember any enemy that is watching you from a distance, any enemy that has accused you at one time or the other, any enemy that has hurt you along the way, can't touch you because Christ has done the job once and for all. Okay? He has defeated our enemies. And so don't allow the enemies to have jurisdiction over your life because Jesus is the one who should have jurisdiction over your life. You can't have two lords. Okay? So enemies may be around, you know, but they are powerless. They are rendered powerless by Jesus in his mighty power. So as we are coming to the table of the Lord today, we are partaking of these wonderful uh, emblems that the, God, the Lord has given to us to remember what he has done for us. And remember, he died so that we live. He shed his blood so that our failures are being dealt with once and for all. And remember, today we are coming to the table of the Lord in the presence of all our enemies. Okay? And when you look at the enemies, don't they have made me to be God allows to happen in my life. It will make me even more perfect in Christ. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you today for the word of encouragement that you give to us. The word of hope. The word that makes us understand we are not subject to enemies, we are subject to the living God. We are not subject to the evil of this world, we are subject to the love of God. Thank you, Jesus, that all things good or bad, will work out for good for those who love you. And Lord Jesus, we have come here because we love you. We have given our lives into your hands because we know that you love us dearly and you have got a great and wonderful plan for our lives. And so, Lord Jesus, today we are coming to this table and we realize, Lord, that the enemies that have been troubling us cannot really bring us down. They can only shape us. They can only push us into the right direction. They can only make us realize how much we need you. And so, Lord Jesus, today we come to partake of your table. We thank you, Lord, that when we come to your table, goodness and love will follow us every day of our life. Lord, you fill our cup to the overflow. And Lord Jesus, today, as we are coming by faith to your table, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the work that you have done in our lives in the past and that you continue to do in our lives, which is a work of love, a work of care, a work of destiny in each and every single one of us.
To you be all the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.